Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And welcome into Warriors Weekly, a podcast for 95.7 The Game. Joining me, as always, uh, the one and only Gary St. Jean. Of course, you see him on NBC Sports Bay Area on the pre- and the post-game side there. And uh, contributor for us here at 95.7 The Game. And we like to chat uh, every single week. And uh, Saint, we'll start with the obvious uh, as we record this on Wednesday afternoon, right around noontime, uh, most impressive win of the season for the Warriors? I mean, certainly the most improbable when you look at them uh, going into Denver and, and being down 15. They wind up winning by 16. I mean, Denver's not an easy place to, to play and win, even if you are one of the, the better teams in the league. Well, John, I thought Santa gave them a great uh, Christmas gift on Houston when they spanked uh, Houston at home. But uh, this one here, to me, is even bigger because – that is a really difficult place to play. You're playing a team that's battling for the number two seed in the West. They've got a lot of young talent, uh, and they just knocked off Toronto a couple days before. So uh, it really was a special win. And, you know, we were chatting about, you know, the basketball gods reward you once in a while when you bring that kind of energy, enthusiasm, effort. And uh, they've been bringing that a lot. And last night they made 18 threes to uh, Denver's three. They got spanked on the boards, uh, on the offensive boards especially, but took care of it in the second half. And, John, one of the keys to winning on the road, I want to say it was 31-10 assist-turnover ratio. And then you had a lot of guys stepping up and playing at a high level. Yeah, and this is two out of three games for the Warriors, just woefully shorthanded on the road, uh, you know, two different maybe levels of opponents, certainly with Phoenix and Denver, but a lot of similarities between the two games. And you mentioned the, the 31 and 10 as far as the assist-to-turnover ratio uh, for the game against Denver. It was 30 to 10 in the game against Phoenix. So the Warriors have found an ability to, to you know, play a certain kind of way, and it's a way that, that we've been used to seeing them play uh, which with a lot of ball movement. Yeah, you know, and that, that's, that's the Steve Kerr system. People movement, ball movement, uh, great spacing, a great rhythm to your game. Uh, play good defense, get out in transition, reward yourself, look to get to the rack or spot up for a three. Uh, these guys enjoy it. Uh, they're, and this is what the coaches are preaching. You know, if John's uh, got a decent shot, Saints got a good shot, but over here in the left corner, we've got a guy wide open. He's got a great shot. We pass it on. There's no debate. And uh, 
that that's the unselfishness that I love. And you know, you saw a couple of great backdoor cut passes and just a lot of things that got you excited. You know, Pascal's really playing with a lot of confidence. Mulder comes in, uh, you know, plays terrific again. Uh, Bender, who uh, who let, got let go today, uh, but I thought played well again. And uh, you know, you just got a lot of guys stepping up. Uh, Steve, uh, you know, he, he was singling guys out after the game, and you could see the the happiness in his face. How, how do you explain Andrew Wiggins with ten of the thirty assists yeah. in the Denver game? Uh, Wiggins had had one game in his career. 442 games with 10 or more assists, and he's got one here in his first 10 games with the Warriors. <laughs> what do you think? Of, I mean, as we continue to learn more about Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, he's been active in some games. There's been other games where he hasn't really filled up the stat sheet other than the points column. Uh, but but he's shown you that there's more to his game if you can tap into it, and, and last night was a game where, where he was really keeping it moving himself. Well, John, he, he makes you scratch your head a little bit, but then he makes you look up to the sky and say, oh, boy, this guy's got talent. Now, you know, he's long and lean with long arms. Let's look at the defensive end. We're in the fourth quarter. He gets switched on to Jokic. He picks his pocket uh, with his right hand and goes down and starts a fast break, and that was the key to making the margin what it was. Um, but, you know, he, he can penetrate to the basket. He's a willing passer. Uh, John, I, I think uh, these games are going to be really big uh, in his comfort level as we get into next uh, October. And uh, playing with Steph, Clay, Draymond, he's, his eyes are going to get big because the game's going to get easier for him. And they're going to they're gonna ask a lot from him. You know, they, they see this uh, potential. I think, for example, King and Poole, um, you know, they're, they're going to spend a, a good amount of time. And I'm not saying to get big and strong and, you know, big and bulky, but to get more uh, strength, the both of them. And, uh, you know, they're still really young. They're not going to look like Pascal, but, uh, you know, when you want to be a, 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 an NBA player who can uh, take a hit and finish, you've got to have that strength level. And I see him... Uh, just continuing to grow. He knocked down some threes. Uh, he, he, he looks happy out there, and, and that's big. That's Steve Kerr's mantra to play with joy, and I think he's really enjoying these guys. Well, and the thought that I'm left with in watching his game last night as he's kicking it out to guys and they're knocking down threes, the, the thought that I'm having is, well, how's that going to look when Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are two of the guys that are out there you know, able to knock down open threes. I mean, it, it, it figures if he can play in that way, and I know it's hard to fit a guy's game in a box when he's playing with a certain group of players and then you're trying to project how it's going to look with a different group of players, but but I think the things that he was doing last night, and I know I've said this before, they are pretty easy to to, to you know, to look at and see how it will fit and maybe even be more successful once those two guys are back. Well... Listen, those two guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame and are two of the greatest shooters ever to play the game. We've needed a, a guy who can take it off the bounce and, if not finish, create for others, draw and kick. And uh, he shows you that. 
He showed you last night a, a great uh, backdoor cut from the left side. He got it and he finished. That's one of the other things they're going to be preaching uh, because, uh, you know, it, it was uh, up there was more a, a one-on-one or an ISO game from, for him up there. And, uh, you know, I, I just think he just fits in perfect into this puzzle. And uh, I, I just, I'm really excited about him. And, you know, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll go back a little bit. There, there's some moments that uh, you look and say, you know, come on, I, I want some more emotion. I want some more energy. Well, there's certain guys that, that you look at the stat sheet at the end of the night and they got 27 and 5, and you're looking at their face and, you know, there's not, there's not a lot there. So, uh, you know, there's a thing called false hustle. And uh, so uh, we're going to let him grow. And uh, when that happens, uh, is an extremely bright future. John Dickinson and Gary St. Jean, Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. Uh, Jordan Poole, uh, he, he's doing things right now, Saint, that I, I don't even think you would have believed he could back in December. Uh, just the growth in his game. And, and look, he's shown an, a knack for, for looking like he isn't completely inept uh, at, at, at a lot of different things. It, it was, you know, you, a guy comes in and it's okay. You think he's a shooter, right? And then he's not knocking down shots, but you say, you know what? There, there might be something else there in other areas. I know he can be a frustrating player to watch probably from a coach's perspective, uh, you know, given all of it, the talent, the, the unabashed, you know, belief that he's going to make some shots that maybe he shouldn't be taking, but but he's grown, I think, as much or more as any player the Warriors have here in the last two or three months. Right on. He was forced early as a rookie and played through a lot of mistakes because they didn't have bodies. And, uh, you know, he, he wasn't making shots, and people were critical of that because that was his forte. But to his credit, he go down there for three games or whatever uh, to the G League, and he, he got a, he got a taste and he came back up and his ears were big and his eyes were wide open. And I like that about him. I, I think he wants to be a player. Uh, Draymond has said that John, you know, we call it a catch and shoot guy versus off the bounce. And I think right now that's what he is, but he did show you on a mismatch last night, uh, Oh, I think it might have been Plumley that was switched up on him on the top of the key. And, he, and a lot of times you say to your smalls that the big switches onto you, we want you to become a driver and go blow by that guy. And if you don't finish, you're going to create rotation on the defense and create for others. Well, he had a step back uh, up there that was beautiful. Uh, he had a dribble penetration that he had a wraparound pass to the left corner that I loved. And you're seeing a guy who has darn good vision. Uh, he can see the floor, and I, I didn't know that about him. Uh, yeah, he's not there defensively yet, but uh, as long as he tries and, and grows, that's fine. And, and getting back to what we talked about before, when he becomes stronger, uh, he will become a better defender, better, stronger base, better core, uh, better up in the shoulder areas to take a hit. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a big, big key uh, for his future, but you know, we were sitting there, John, last night and saying, okay, you got those four guys, We've, you know, uh, the big three and, and uh, Wiggins, and then you'll play the center maybe by committee with 
uh, Looney and Chris and whatever else comes aboard. But to have the thought of Pascal and, uh, you know, this rookie pool, and who else, you know, you're going to add to there? There's going to be a draft pick. We're going to bring in a couple other guys. You know, you can't teach NBA experience, and these guys are getting it. And, uh, you know, they, they've got to learn. And, and so this is a, a perfect situation for those guys. Yeah, and I think, you know, the next step uh, here with Stephen Curry likely coming back in the game against Toronto, and if, if not Toronto, it's going to be at some point here very soon, the next couple of uh, games. Uh, but let's just say it's the Toronto game. You know, Steph comes back. And I think, you know, Jordan Poole and Eric Paschal in particular, there, there's an adjustment to be made there now. I mean, Poole's had the ball in his hands a lot to create, to get, a, to get his own, to, you know, make passes to others. Paschal, you know, hit a number of big, uh, big shots down the stretch of that game when, uh, you know, it was still, uh, you know, maybe the Warriors weren't in full belief mode that they were going to get it done. Well, he knocked down a couple of jump shots where it was like, okay, they are going to win this game, you know, because he hit them. Uh, but he's somebody that's thrived uh, in terms of you know isolation and having the ball in his hands. How how does Steph's return impact those two players in particular that have that have almost at times seemingly had to get it done a, a certain way? John, you know, when you look at Pascal, he came out of the blocks, and you're like, holy moly. And, uh, you know, then he hit kind of a rookie wall, and he was starting and coming off the bench. He had a hip issue. But, man, he's gotten it back. And, um, you know, John, I, I think he's going to make the all-rookie team uh, if he keeps playing like this. The beauty about him is they isolated him a couple times uh, on a face-up. They gave him the ball on the box. But he doesn't need just that. He, he's got more to his game than that. And, uh, you know, I, I, you and I have chatted about this, and he's working on it right now. I think by the time we get to next season, we're going to see him more of a, uh, I'm going to say a, a set shooter, a guy getting up on his toes or very little jump on his three, you know, kind of yeah. like Steph. And if that happens and he feels comfortable with it and he can shoot in the high 30s and teams have to come out and guard him, with a, with a nice pump fake and his ability to, to create contact and finish at the rim, uh, he's, he's got a, a real big upside. And, John, I can't get enough of listening to him give an interview. I, I just love his maturity. Uh, he gets it. Uh, four years at Villanova, uh, you know, great family. Uh, he's humble. He wants to learn. And uh, he, he just excites me. Well, I mean, he's just, he's a natural leader, right? I mean, it's all those things yeah. you mentioned, but this, you know, he's, he's been a, a champion at the college level. Uh, he's, you know, he's played for a, a high level coach and a high level program. And, you know, with all the guys, the Warriors have had out, and then you throw Draymond Green into that mix as well, who, who hasn't been playing a lot lately. And you start to look around and you're thinking, well, who is going to lead these guys? I mean, you got three guys out of nine actives on 10-day contracts. Well, they're not going to be the leaders, right? They're just trying to fit in and, and, and hopefully get another 10 days or get signed for the rest of the year. Uh, so, I mean, he's the natural fit, but just because a guy's the natural fit doesn't mean he's going to do it, especially when he's a rookie. To, to see him, you know, look around the room and effectively say, hey, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that, that needs to be doing this. I think that's pretty impressive. 
Well, it really is. And, and, and you know that there's a lot of ways to leave. You know, you can be very verbal and uh, excited, emotion, uh, and communicate that way. But the other thing uh, that can happen is, is, is simply this. You're on time. You're focused at shoot-arounds. Uh, you are um, following the game plan. You've got big eyes in the huddle. Uh, you listen to constructive criticism. You pat your teammates on the back. Uh, there's just a, a, I can go on and on and on. But, uh, you know, you see a lot of this with him. And, and it, it, it just gets you feeling that, uh, you know, this guy's been around a lot of success. He's humble, but he's got confidence. And uh, he plays with a lot of joy, and Steve loves that. And, uh, you know, you never can have too much physicality. I, I just love that aspect about him. 20 games to go as we record this, Saint. Uh, Stephen Curry, four back-to-backs. How many? How many games? If I say sixteen games, if you take out the the back to backs, are we are we looking at how many games do you think Steph plays? Yeah, I I think that's kind of fair. Maybe we could down to fourteen, but I I I like that. They're, you know, the back to backs. Hey, you know, you we'll sit down and talk about it. Um, you know, you're dealing with a special guy, and he has a great ability to communicate with people. I don't care if it's the strength guys or the assistant coaches, head coaches, teammates. You know, what fires me up, John, is, is just watching him uh, pregame, the way he uh, signs for the kids. Uh, he takes 10 minutes on the watch. Uh, I've said this. This is my 40th year. No, 41st. I've never seen a guy do this. Like, I, you know, I've watched Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Kareem, uh, Olajuwon, Barkley, keep going all the way down the line. And, every, and, and a lot of times in the old days, guys didn't really come out and do a full workout, but like he does. But he, he gets it. And, uh, you know, great parents. He didn't fall far too far from the tree. <laughs> Just him being in that locker room. And I loved him, his enthusiasm uh, when he wasn't playing. But imagine how these guys are going to feel when they get on the floor playing with him. I mean, and if I'm the other team, you know, we've had some clunker nights shooting threes. What were they, one night three for, I don't know, 20-something? We made the well, Nick, Nurse, yeah. uh, Nick Nurse played a box and one on them once Kevin went out. You might even see a triangle and two, and they put two guys on him. And whenever he comes off a pick and roll, I'm anticipating that uh, – they're going to double-team him. And that's why Steve's system uh, works so good, because it, all, it isn't all just one-on-one or just pick-and-roll. Steph is terrific off the ball. I mean, we marvel at his ability to shoot off the bounce from 30 feet. But you let him get off the ball working on the baselines or uh, back-cutting, uh, he's superb at that. So uh, it, it's just it's going to be uplifting for everybody uh, when he's out there. Yeah, it really is, and I'm I'm excited to see him with Wiggins. Uh, it's almost as if the Warriors, if you look at Draymond Green here in the last couple of weeks, you know, he had the, the pelvic injury, came back against the Lakers, he got thrown out of the game, and then he was, you know, he tweaked his knee, I guess, at shoot-around in Phoenix, so he's missed the last three games now. 
and that would be five of six minus the the ten minutes that he that he played in the Laker game. It, it's almost as if the Warriors have lined it up where you know what Draymond just stay out until Steph comes back, but then give us a good run for the fourteen fifteen games that 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 he's going to play out of the twenty remaining, and and try and build some kind of chemistry with. Uh, not between Steph and Draymond, they've done it, you know, a lot. But but between Steph and Draymond and Wiggins now, well, you and I chatted about this. They're going to be extremely conservative with him. Uh, he, you know, these last six years or whatever, you know, he gives you his heart and soul every night. He's the guy in there diving on loose balls and and you know just a lot of contact. And he, he's been banged up and he's played through a lot. And you know, we talk about these number of playoff games, it's like another whole year on your body and mentally it drains you. So I, I like the way they're handling this. Um, hey, if we've got something that we've got to get healed uh, to a better level, let's take the time. And uh, I, I think it's a wise decision. I think mentally and physically he's going to feel better. Um, so it, it's all good. <laughs> I was excited, John, that uh, he signed a contract with Converse yesterday, and uh, yeah, how about that? Yeah, that was cool. You know, people don't. Well, back in the day, Converse was the shoe, and right. uh, they were it, the king. It, it's made, yeah, and they were outside of Boston, my state. They were in Malden, and I told the story last night. My grandmother lived two towns away, and when I was a young guy, eight, nine, ten, eleven. My dad would take us to the to the Converse factory. They had a, a outlet store, and it was a big deal because I could get. I didn't buy the the first grade. I got the second, and uh, they were probably four or five bucks. And this is back when Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Tommy Heinsohn, Frank Ramsey, the Jones Boys, Sat Sanders, uh, the Celtics won a lot. So people emulated them, like we see with the Warriors now. And so now Draymond goes to Converse, and he's going to be a, a, a big guy. Uh, you know, you see a lot of kids uh, wearing the old retro ones around. I stop right. and look at them, and uh, I, I love it because they're really uh, they're kind of like the old signature basketball shoe. Yeah, no, no, I think I think that's kind of cool too. And it's it's he's uh, you know like you said, I mean that's that that's a big time deal to get him aligned with with that that brand uh, and, and try and, you know, in some ways bring it back, but push it forward. Yeah, it's great. You know, we see, uh, you know, we see New Balance trying to get in. I, I think, uh, don't they have Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. And uh, and then we've got Puma, who used to be pretty big. They're based out of Chicago, and, you know, they're trying to come back on the scene. But, you know, Nike dominates, then Adidas, and, uh, you know, then Steph's shoe, Under Armour. But uh, it's a competitive business. I kind of chuckled, John, because in the old days, you had to talk in the locker room. Uh, you couldn't have one guy wearing a, a black shoe or a different color shoe and all the rest white. And conversely, the other way around. I mean, everybody had to wear the same. This has only changed within the last, uh, I don't know, what, two years? I'm looking out there, and I got iridescent shoes and you know all kinds of looks out there now. So... You know that the shoe stuff is, is still a, a big, big deal. 
Saint, let's uh, get into a little bit of that that eight spot in the Western Conference. It's it's ever changing. It's a bunch of teams tightly bunched together. Memphis looked for a bit like they're falling apart. I, I know they've got the the toughest schedule of the group, but they've also got still at least a three game cushion over Sacramento, who's very hot here in in the last month or so 12 and 5 in their last 17 ball games to to climb all the way to ninth they're the hottest team of the group uh I, i'm looking at the the pelicans took just an awful loss last oh. night uh, at home wow. to minnesota where they just didn't defend and uh, i i i think you know if you look at the the analytics and you talk to people everybody says well it's going to be the pelicans and then I look at the Pelicans, and I've watched them play a lot, and I know Zion's only played, what, the last 13, 14 games. They are really, really bad defensively, and that just keeps teams in games the other night, and it makes you more vulnerable to lose in a game like they did last night when you think you're going to get on track. I'm just not as sold on the Pelicans. As much as I love Zion, I'm not as sold on the Pelicans as other people are as far as just a team that's going to figure it out and make the move. Yeah, I agree with you. It was a really good article that was written this morning. And you're right on about uh, Memphis. Uh, You know, with Jackson and Clark out for at least another week, that's tough. Now, they had a big, big win. They beat the Lakers uh, at home uh, this week. Yeah, that turned uh, them back. That turned them back. They looked looked like they were falling apart. They got that win. They won in Atlanta. And they've, they've stabilized it a little bit. But the group is coming for them. Sacks hot. Oh, Portland's getting Lillard back tonight. The Spurs ain't dead yet. And then you've got yeah. the Pelicans in that mix, too. Well, you, you've covered the horse race. Memphis is going to need Valanchunas and Brooks to really play well if they're going to get any wins before these guys come back. Uh, but but when you talk about New Orleans, you're right on. When you, when you say, you know, Ingram, uh, Favors, Williamson, Ball, uh, Reddick, uh, you know, I, uh, Brooks, uh, you know, you got to like that team. And uh, they got Hart coming off the bench. and But they want to play at a rapid pace. Uh, that is, to me, out of all those five teams you mentioned, the one team I think the Lakers don't want to play is them uh, because of the pace they play at. Now, you mentioned Sacramento. Um you know, they're going to get Holmes back here this week, I think. Yeah. And in the meantime, uh, uh, Giles has done a heck of a job at five. You know, it's really disappointing about Bagley. Uh, I like what Luke did with putting the heels on the bench because I didn't like his belly aching in the paper. Uh, if you want to sure. talk, talk in the locker room. Uh, I, I'm a Bogdanovic guy. Bielitsa's done a good job. Fox is a little banged up. Uh, but I think he'll give it a go, and, and, you know, Joseph's been doing a good job. So good job up there. Happy for them because they were really struggling. They they were losing a lot. Uh, you don't ever count out, you know, Tim Duncan coaches last night. They win by a point over Charlotte. Good win. And uh, so with that said, it's going to be really exciting uh, for this eighth spot. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you. I I think New Orleans should get it done because they've got one of the easiest schedules in the league. But sentimentally, I'm pulling for the Kings. You know, that's uh, the old team I coached years ago. And so uh, I could just uh, imagine the energy up there. If they finish eight, 
and they wind up playing the Lakers in the first round, uh, they're going to be thinking about Robert Horry making that three at the top of the key to knock them uh, out of the opportunity to make the finals years ago. Uh, so that's exciting for, for Sacramento. Well, and two things coincide with their turnaround, and, and we touched on both of them. The, the, it was it was the the flip of putting Bogdanovich into the starting lineup and and healed on the bench. And the other thing that happened right at the it's actually three things if you count if you count Giles. They they started Giles at the five. They put Buddy Healed off the bench, and they basically shut Bagley down because they've been better without Bagley. And I know that's he's a talented player, but. But the fit and the defense and, you know, the ability to, to almost have to give him too much attention when he's in the game, I think, threw everything off. So, so those three things really in the last month or so have turned it for Sacramento. Uh, and you're right. They, they were getting a lot from Giles. He started doing a lot of the things that Holmes was doing when they were playing a little bit better earlier in the year when they yeah. made the move to, to put Holmes in the lineup. You know, I was chatting with Brian Shaw last night. We did the game together, and, and he was telling me um, that he saw Giles in the Nike camp uh, in college. And, you know, he's got two bad knees. He was rated one of the top players in the entire country. And yeah. when you see him uh, facing the basket, for example, up around an elbow or top of the key area, very comfortable making a pass, very comfortable coming at you off the bounce, and he's extremely quick laterally. Uh, you know, he's just kind of, this is almost like a training camp for him. He, this poor guy, uh, you know, was banged up last year, this year. And I got to give them a lot of credit up there, the patience, because they see talent. And, uh, you know, they're bringing him along. And he's had some really, really nice games. And he gives you some wonderful flexibility, uh, you know, as they go forward. So, you know, that's great for the Kings. Saint, great stuff, my man. Always fun to, to, to talk to you about everything that's going on in the league. I think, uh, you know, the, the teams up at the top are kind of in coast mode as they start to lean toward really ramping it up for the, for, for the playoffs. And so now, you know, as much as it might be mediocrity, that, that battle, that, that five-team battle for that eighth spot uh, has been something that's kind of caught my eye of late it, as as being pretty interesting. So uh, we may touch on that every week here uh, moving forward until it's all said and done. And, John, there's some great races. I mean, who's going to get two, Denver or the Clippers? Clippers play the Lakers Sunday. Uh, bad loss for Denver last night. Houston's oh, been on a roll. Utah's been mediocre. Uh, you know, it, it's. It's going to be really interesting here, you know, to see who's four or five and in the bracket with the Lakers. And, you know, I, I, I'm fired up about the playoffs. And, you know, look, look, the Warriors got an easy week, right? The, they, they played in Denver, then they played Toronto. Oh, wow. They're lucky that Embiid and Simmons aren't going to be playing against Philly on ABC. And then they play the Clippers Tuesday. And Brooklyn, who came back against Boston last night from about 20 points down with LeVert scoring 51. So a nice homestand, but boy, oh boy, they've got some tough teams coming in. Well, and, and don't stop there, Saint, because it's the homestand and it's tough, and then the next three games on the road are at Milwaukee, yes. at Toronto, and at Indiana. Yeah. And I think, John, I might be wrong, but I think the Milwaukee-Torontos are back-to-back. Uh, it's a Saturday-Monday, so you do get oh, one day in between. I was going to say... 
Yeah. If you play back to back and you got to go through customs there, trust me, you're you're cussing underneath your breath. It takes so long. <laughs> and uh, so you wind up getting to your hotel about four in the morning. I had a few of those nights in, in my day. Uh, but yeah, you could tell I'm, I'm fired up about the playoffs. And, you know, we're getting, we're really, I love what we're talking about with the Warriors. And, and, and these chats are great because we're going to have some great, great playoffs coming up in about five weeks. We may have to uh, we may have to link up once we get in the playoffs and 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 maybe uh, maybe record one of these on location somewhere with a couple of cold ones. <laughs> John, that might be your greatest statement of of twenty twenty. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Saint. Have a great day. All right, Gary Saint Jean joining me, John Dickinson, our Warriors Weekly Podcast in the books for ninety five seven The Game. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.